Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Better Board Games podcast. Today we have kind of a unique and kind of mini episode. Um, basically, we had a question that kind of exploded into a larger topic uh, centered around board games and life. It's different, so take it's it with just, a grain of salt. It's just a conversation. Um, we we touched on things like um, games that games you don't get to play but really want to play how that can make you feel usually it, it, it's involved with your gaming group is the reason mm-hmm. um how bringing games to your gaming group um relates to your personality and just all sorts of stuff it's usually again this is another episode that is like we say our podcast is about creating a better world of board games creating a better player in yourself mm-hmm. um a lot of this stuff is about just the social dynamics involved with game nights and bringing a game to your friends and showing them so hopefully you enjoy the conversation i really did um again we didn't mean to make this an episode so (laughs) this is we're right now the the voice you're hearing right now is after the conversation happens so we've already recorded it and we're like you know what that really deserves to be its own little episode so usually Usually we're talking about, we do the intro, we're like, we're going to have an awesome conversation in just a second. But this time we actually know that it was awesome. So we had an awesome conversation. Here it comes. <laughs> um, yeah. So just enjoy the introspection um, and the time to think about who you are, how you can be better, how it's personality types. And I don't know, that's, that's mostly what we end up with here. And so hopefully you enjoy it if you're listening to this episode. You've probably already gotten a taste of what we do on this show, and hopefully you enjoy it. Evan, I've been wondering about this <clears throat> okay. for a little while. <laughs> it's um, been a while, yeah. Yeah, it, it has. A game that is on your shelf that you keep around but that you seriously like haven't played in a very long time and honestly don't know if you'll play it again, but you just keep it around just because you know it's good and it's like, ah, the situation will come up. Do you have one of those? Um, Sort of. The thing about th- this for me is I haven't gotten rid of games yet. Okay. So I keep all of them around, although I do plan on selling some. Um, I think that that might happen with, there's a lot of games that that could happen with. I have a, a handful of pretty heavyweight competitive games. Yeah. And that doesn't work. I can yeah. sometimes get people to play heavier co-op games. And I can, you can get help people to play along, right? light competitive games. Exactly. But um, games like Terra Mystica, Gaia yeah. Project, Through the Ages, Nations, these are all like long games that... Uh, Battle for Rokugan is up there. Um, Power Grid. These are all some of the, some of these games I haven't played. Some of them I have. Um, yeah. Long games that are, are hard for them because it's either too complicated or yeah. too mean or a combination of both. Yeah. And so that's just for a lot of my my gaming group or my the people I play games with that they just prefer different kinds of games. So it's really hard to get it to the table. But yeah. I love those kinds of games which just means I keep buying them and never get to play any of them. <laughs> which it's hard because they are distinctly good games. Like you cannot argue that Terra Mystica is a bad game just based on its 
its reception. Like it has a ton of fans and I've, I've honestly never played it because I know it's too long and intense for my play style and Probably my true, gaming yeah. group. Um, so I, I really don't have much desire to play it either, but I know from people that have talked about it and I know it's a good game, but it is hard. We had this discussion offline about magic the gathering that it's like okay how good is a game if it can never get to the table um because that's something you have to consider a game can be the best it's, game in the world but if it, it can't is, get to the table it is something to consider when you're asking should i get the game yeah for sure it isn't when it comes down to is it a good game and do right. i like the game but it can influence a game that you do like you might like it a lot more because you do get to play it a lot yeah um, that happens sure. um but i don't think that it'd be it'd be fair to put it the other way around yeah um it makes sense you shouldn't disparage a game because of the people's inability to <laughs> play it yeah but but at the same time it's like if i play a game with four people and they all don't enjoy it the chances of me enjoying it is way lower oh for sure so like i got kind of lucky I, so i fell in love with cosmic encounter really quickly after playing it uh -huh. But the first few plays weren't particularly that good. Okay. And then the next play I did, they weren't that good. The people didn't necessarily, it didn't click for them. And mm -hmm. I understood what it should have been. So I was like, this isn't right. Right. Okay. But I, so I loved it, even though it wasn't great. And then we played a six player game with five completely new players mm -hmm. and it was fantastic. Yeah. And it soared and it was wonderful. And i haven't played it since then yeah that was a long time ago it's sad it like in december it's sad when a game relies so heavily on the right combination of people because when those games work they work really well i think sheriff of nottingham is one of those that like with the right group that's good at bluffing and like knows when and where and it the funny thing about sheriffs for me is that i i primarily have played it with a specific group of friends and one of them has never bluffed in it he <laughs> only ever tells the truth and That's what's hilarious. great about this is that first of all if people think that you're lying when you're actually telling the truth you can get money for that so you can yeah, actually yeah. do well from that as well as bringing a lot of goods through and stuff mm -hmm. so he does that but the problem is it's created this meta inside of our group <laughs> where all of us know that he doesn't ever lie but all of us also know that if we were the ones who were the sheriff when he did lie and got through, then that would be so stupid and terrible. <laughs> so all of us are like, this might be the time that you're lying for the first right. time. I'm going to open it. And it never is. And so we just, it's self-perpetuating making him, he ends up winning most of the time. This is, we're this, all, is the, all like, this is like practical application of the prestige. It's, his entire life is the is the bluff and so that one day when he decides to everyone will be so i disbelieving. I, I will be so mad if i'm the one who lets him through <laughs> i hate it so much it's hilarious anyways that game is great and That's i agree amazing. that the, the group does add a lot to it especially again apparently it got better from playing with the same group um, yeah for that reason so um, one of those games that I keep looking at and I'm like, I just want to play it again, but I can't seem to get to it is um, Above and Below. It's 
it came up in my head multiple times when making this list because it hits on so many of the areas of discovery and this um, fellowship. And it also has like a pretty good submission factor where it's like, by the end of the game, you forget that you were even going for points. It was like, I just want to venture like down into the caverns and see what happens. And I don't know. It's one of those that I've been looking at a lot lately that I'm like, it's a good game. I like Red Raven games. I like the lockets. Um, it's uh, Ryan Lockett, I think does, I think he does the art. It's Ryan and Mallory yeah, Lockett, yeah, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, but good games, I just can't seem to get them to the table. Uh-huh. I got that. Yeah. That It's interesting. When, when you can't get a game to the table, it's kind of a shame. Yeah. There's certain ones that I'm like, I just want to play this more. Like Terra Mystica, I got the game pretty quickly, got all the expansions because I was like, this is awesome. And I don't get to play it. Yeah. And I know people who like play it often and like they like have a group who like loves the game. And I'm like, yeah, I would love that. I've had to actually accept that playing the same game is not really my cup of tea. Um, That's I what like, you said that. Yeah, I like legacy games um, because of that narrative and because it kind of like changes up and you have kind of this like driving force propelling you through. But to have like a same group that's just like, all right, our weekly night of root. I'm just like, eh. I just, I like playing a variety. I'm totally a, uh, I'm totally a buffet type person when it comes yeah, to board yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there's, there's a huge value to variety and i think there's a huge value to sticking with the same right couple games or something i know that from from my experience the games that i have gotten to play like upwards of 30 or 50 times Mm -hmm. you start to you start to learn more about the game and it it honestly becomes pretty incredible how much depth there can be in the game games like spirit island of course um i often talk about that one just gets better Mm -hmm. and again like so like variety you can get a lot of you can play a lot of great games that's super fun but i do think that you're missing out on the other on the other aspect you're also going to be missing out yeah on on like just finding the depth yeah Um, you're also going to be missing out if you don't play a lot of different games Mm -hmm. so there's it's like i find i consider myself to have like a decent balance of the two Mm -hmm. um and kind of find myself like having games that i like gravitate towards playing with a specific group and then a different group i'll play probably a different game so i have variety partially because i have group variety if that makes sense right that makes sense i i play games with it's not a core gaming group at all i would love to have a core gaming group um just for that more consistent nature of it yeah for me a lot of the times it's like i get together with friends and they're like hey what do we want to do now yeah and so even games as a concept is like a maybe which i hate personally i would rather know that we're not <laughs> playing a game also <laughs> yeah and then also the amount of times that i've been invited and it's like bring some games or whatever right. or like it's like a, a bunch of people are coming over to someone's house and, and they're like hey evan you have some games you can bring i'm like yeah and i bring like a bunch of them and we yeah. don't play any i'm like exactly almost I'm, every time right i yeah i know i am fine with not playing games sometimes yeah sometimes Sometimes. also um (laughs) i'm completely fine with it i love hanging out i love talking i love watching movies Mm -hmm. but i don't love those when 
we like not not like we could be playing a game but like we might be you know yeah when you dance around the topic when it comes it, up and it's, it's like it's just weird it's just hard for me because i have to go um i basically have to like what is the word suggest it and like yeah well you almost have to be like driving force it's like forcing everyone, a game okay, everyone come sit down we're playing and that sucks game. it does it sucks for them like that you seem like that a uh, pushy it's a board game pusher <laughs> nobody likes them <laughs> exactly i hate that i have to be that. Uh, yeah um it's just also weird for me i think i've i have grown to have a really hard time like emotionally a really hard time mm-hmm. asking if someone wants to do something with me yeah um because i've i've thought about this a lot i think partially it's this um impending doom feeling yeah even though like again it's totally fine if someone doesn't want to play a game with me but the fact that i know that they might say no right makes it really hard for me to ask for a couple reasons because that that denial feels mm-hmm. like rejection i think so i i'm like uh that sucks and so that's partially hard but then mm-hmm. also i've found that i hate when people f- um have a, an assumption about me that's not true i hate that right. so i like to make sure that people have a clear understanding of my perspective and where i'm coming from and so i often over explain things and like right i'll like often over explain stuff but so what i also realized about that was i don't like when people think that i don't know something when i actually do yeah and so the feeling of someone teaching me something that i already know I'm like, mm-hmm. I already know you don't have to say any more because I already knew that because uh-huh. if they if they don't realize that I already knew that, then they're assuming that I didn't. And then they form other assumptions about me that I'm probably dumb or something. And I can't stand that either. So this all ties together with that because the fact that I know that they might say no, I don't want them to think that I thought they would say yes. Because for some reason that makes me feel like I'm pathetic. Yeah, it's which true. is Which is such a weird connections, but it all comes together where... <laughs> If I'm at the, the, the potential game night, I, I hate that feeling. Right. My biggest thing is I, I don't want to suggest a game. I feel like people will mostly say yes if I'm like, hey, we should play this game. What I hate is feeling like they didn't like the game after, that it wasn't a great experience because uh-huh. then I agree. there's like this really awkward feeling of like, they're saying like, no, it was fun, like trying to like protect my feelings. And I'm just like... I feel like I've wasted their time. I don't yeah. know. It's there's that's some weird the part that I hate. There's some weird angst as well. Mm-hmm. And then like even during the game, you could tell when someone's not having fun. Yeah. And it's like you don't want to be like, hey, let's just stop. Like we don't have to keep doing this because then that's awkward for everyone. Yeah. And then some people did enjoy it. It's just, it's just really weird. Yeah. But um yeah, and I also just hate when someone's not i don't particularly i don't think it's that i hate when someone doesn't like a game that i like but Uh more i just don't like when people aren't enjoying themselves in any situation in any circumstance that that's really hard for me because i i don't know why it's hard for me honestly all of these go back to just like really nice uh board games teaching us good life experiences because these aren't unique to board games this is yeah no this is true of anything of inviting people to do anything that they might not like or and i guess when I think about improving myself, but the, I think the thing that you, that we can like learn and grow from this in is like flipping it, right? Like that's really where the value comes in social interactions, becoming fuel for growth is understanding other people and realizing that when somebody asks you to do something, 
there's like a very real feeling of rejection if you're just like, eh, no, I don't want to. Um, also, when you do something like with them, I don't know what the answer is. Are you supposed to feign enjoyment if it was positively miserable? Or do you like to try and protect their feelings? But we both know that they can price you right through that. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I tend to, like, if, if we're playing a game that I think is a bad game, mm-hmm. I will usually talk about why I think it's bad, which maybe is yeah. not a good practice. <laughs> but it's usually just me processing uh, as well. So maybe it's fine. Either yeah. way, I don't know. I also found if I'm not enjoying something, it's usually fine. Yeah. For me, I don't have a problem with doing something that I don't enjoy necessarily. And so I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm realizing that if I am doing something that someone, or sorry, if, if we're doing something together and someone else doesn't enjoy it, mm-hmm. I have this notion that it's a personal offense, that they are right. like upset with me. And I don't think that that's always true. Right. I think it's probably rarely true. They probably rarely blame you for putting them in the situation where they're not having fun. I feel like they sometimes might be. Yeah. I don't know. Um, either way, it's it's um, it's interesting to think about like, and, and yeah, I don't know what the answer is either about your question. What yeah. do you do in that situation? I don't know. I think what I tend to default to is being honest. I'm, I'm a huge believer in that protecting people's feelings is one of the biggest lies and leads to so many problems. Like if everybody just said what they were thinking and how they were feeling, granted, still trying to be tactful. Kindness is not um, at odds with what you're talking about. Right. Like you can still be honest. And I think that's typically the approach that I take where it's like, you know what, it wasn't my favorite and still allowing for some things like, you know, I can see some situations where this game would be really fun or this thing that you invited me to do could be really great. This time, like it, it, it was hard for me to really enjoy it for these reasons. And that's, that's okay. I'm glad I got to experience it, but I would like to try it under different circumstances when I'm not missing out on something else or like when I've I don't know, like just having those like very candid, I'm probably candid to a fault, um, but having those candid conversations as far as like, this is how it really was for me is positive for everybody. Although it may be awkward, like a little more awkward in the moment. Um, I, I, I think I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree that I found it to just be more problematic, more hurtful, and more conflicting for everyone involved when one person is just avoiding saying what they're actually thinking about something to try to prevent conflict or prevent disagreement it's it's not helpful and the the truth is and it's hard for a lot of people to grasp and i probably feel this way sometimes too it's hard to say what you think because you're afraid of what the response is going to be what they're going to think about you because of that I totally get that, but like, it's, I would want to make it clear to everyone involved, feel free to say what you think. It's not a problem. Yeah. Um, I want to hear what you think. Um, just because it's just gets weird 
when someone like per, like say say someone pretends to, like you're showing someone your favorite game they mm-hmm. pretend to like it and convince you that you liked it that they liked it and then later you're like hey do you want to play this game i like it, it seemed like you really liked it so and then they're right. like uh not really then it's all of a sudden just like that just feels like a huge a much bigger letdown than if they like yeah. early on go i don't really think i like this game that much right i completely agree and that's like I said, there are obviously positive and negatives to this approach um, to being candid and saying exactly how you're feeling. Um, it's a thing that me and my wife talk about all the time because she's definitely on the side of like, she doesn't want anybody to ever feel uncomfortable or yeah, yeah, yeah. she just wants everyone to be happy, which is also an admirable trait. But all the time she'll be like, hey, somebody texted me this, like, how do I respond? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah you however you them want. that you're not sure and that you don't think it's going to work like i don't know to me it's just like you just say what the situation is and i don't know and she's like but then they'll think this and i'm like no just well they think that's not on you <laughs> it is on you to give an honest report of whatever and then let them give the next piece of the conversation i don't know it's it's rough do do you know your enneagram type have we talked about this before um is that the it's the nine types um just nine numbers oh numbers yeah oh i know the um like the letters i'm an intj i believe okay yeah yeah. got you got you yeah that's the myers briggs (laughs) right are we looking to come out i should take it enneagram a e n n e a g r a m um definitely feel free to take the a quiz the quizzes i find to be less good the basically the people say the best way to assess what type you are is to read descriptions about each type mm-hmm. like really good descriptions about them and then whichever one makes you feel ashamed and like <laughs> strikes a chord deep within you is probably the one you are um i have had a hard time finding my type for a lot of different reasons and the journey has been good for a lot of reasons even though i haven't necessarily landed on one of them yeah because i don't have that same like visceral response because i don't know myself well enough um but the enneagram specifically focuses on your flaws Hmm. what what lies you most deeply believe what your biggest yeah like your biggest fault but then also some of some of the things about like what you're really actually good at um for those reasons it usually is like because you are so afraid of this, you tend to have these good qualities because mm-hmm. sometimes it goes in line. Um, but then it's, it, it, so it focuses on the truth and the depth and the pain and that stuff hmm. so that you can actually recognize it and grow and heal from it. Um, whereas a lot of personality types are like, you're awesome. Right. Enneagram's like, you are in pain. <laughs> That's a uh, very different... Someone- the Myers-Briggs one that I've read a decent amount. So it's a, my personality type is called the architect apparently, um, which kind of makes sense. They say it's like the least common personality type, but it's also the personality type that is indicative of most villains in films. (laughs) Perfect. It's like the conniving. Are you Slytherin? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely Gryffindor. Um, but really? it's like this. Uh, okay. I'm also a purple personality type. I'm just like a weird enigma. What is purple? Um, purple is a mix between red and blue, which red and blue are usually at opposite ends of the spectrum. They, but they say like a purple 
will like has okay, a okay. perfect balance of blue and red so it's like very willing to like step on people's toes to get ahead but you'll like be agonized with remorse over it and so it's like this really conflicting so you can yeah, yeah, start yeah. to see why villains kind of fall into this category of like conniving seeing the world as like systems and being overly analytical maybe a little bit cold and maybe not as empathetic as I should be but anyway that's I love taking personality quizzes because they usually spit out something that's just like you don't make sense and I'm like yeah okay, yeah, yeah. and you, I think I think you'll really like the Enneagram I've I'm a huge Enneagram guy a lot of the people I um, I'm friends with will eventually your conversations will eventually come back to Enneagram yeah. what type right. we are and how it's related to us uh, reason why I ask is one of the types stuck out when you were talking about something I was like I have a feeling but I'm not uh -oh. gonna tell you that I'll let All right, you yeah. figure it out yourself write it down right now sign it with like the date and the time and then you can show me a picture of it when I uh when I actually take it and you can back out it right <laughs> that's hilarious I guess I could see a different one but I really think it's the first one that I was thinking right. um that's funny all right thank you so much for tuning into this random conversation again it was just literally spontaneous um it was gonna be the after show or post show of our last episode but then we're like this isn't the post show this is just the show um let's make it a whole episode um if you enjoyed it let us know and also we'd love to hear if you related to this anyway um or how you related or how you differed from us me and McKay sort of tend to have a lot of similarities in certain certain aspects of uh, these sorts of things. And then a few notable differences as well, but we'd love to hear from you as well. Yep. We love it when people reach out to us. Um, Fantasy and Flights is another uh, podcast that reached out recently and loved one of our previous episodes about board game moments that you love. Um, and so they're doing their own like list of 10 board game moments that really speak to them. Um, I've had a lot of fun like that. See, yeah. seeing that. Yeah. It's, it's so great connecting with all of you outside of the podcast um, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. I think we're everywhere in some form or another. Yeah. <laughs>